Someone's phone's ringing. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Uh, tonight is a special one, boys. We are here for the 200th episode of this show. Milestone. Uh, woo! <laughs> uh, tonight, I am joined by uh, Justin Ayotte. Uh, Brent Perry. Hi, fellas. Our other founding father, Josh Krubner, will be here shortly. And we are also joined by uh, the guy who, by number of appearances, might as well be our fifth Beatle at this point. Say hi, Milos. Oh, hello. (laughs) Okay. Yep, so I think he's at like 40. So he's officially our fifth Beatle now. Yeah, I think wow. that's, that's more than me at this point. It's uh, more, I think I, it's I more think than both of you. I was going to say, I think it's more than both of us combined. He's probably like the second or third Beatle. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> put, together, put together, you have more than him, but uh, he's ahead Except of both probably. of you literally by a, by a fair bit. But that's mostly because we've been doing the Trek stuff for the last few months. Um, and and I, I don't watch new movies, so there's a lot of them that you guys are like, we're going to do a pod on this, and I'm like, I'll catch you in six months. Yep, when you have a chance to see it on video. Well, I'm okay. just, just getting ready to watch Eternals now, so it's like, well, we already did that one. So well, I guess... in, your, in your defense, that did hit home video like today, so, <laughs> so there well, you that's go. That's just it, right? Like, there's a lot of them that it's just – I. I Thanks to Canada being fucking stupid with its fucking rules, it's I basically can't go to a theater and watch a movie unless I jump through like seventy five hoops to get in there for fuck's sakes, and I'm just not doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Canada's really nuts for all this stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're Quebec is going full fucking retired the last couple of days, and it's just like, wow, man, like this is my country. Okay. It's pretty bad when you have Florida envy. Yeah, when Florida makes you look good at this point, that's uh, that's okay. So we are here to not to cut you off and you know turn this into COVID talk for two hours. But uh, oh, no, that's fine. It's just a great but, reflection. Uh, I like that. We are here to uh, go back to our Be Kind Rewind series, which we haven't done in a little bit with the glut of new releases lately. Um, Actually, and we are th- also this, is, this fills two of our boxes. Because oh, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a rewind and it's a favorite movie, which was a thing right. we were going to start doing. Yeah. Also, one of our uh, each co-host's favorite movies series. Uh, we've already done. If you want to go back and listen to them, we've already done Back to the Future for Justin and Ter- The Terminator for Josh. This one is mine. Uh, 1995's Braveheart. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I guess we can start with what we always start with, um, and we'll, if Josh comes in later, we'll let him uh, give his version of this. I will go last with this one because I think I have a pretty funny story with this one. So, uh, how did we all first come to this, uh, Justin? Justin, see under you again. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. This See, point. in my head, all I can picture is him just passed out on his floor with the oxygen tank two inches away. Like... <laughs> Brent, why, why, don't, why don't you go? We're getting dead air on the island. <laughs> um, well, 
mine's kind of an odd one, but yeah, I used to rent VHSs at the local corner store. Mm-hmm. That one, that one was two for the price of one. So I was like, "Ooh, it's got to be good," and it just I fell in love with it. Early age, because oh, it was double tape, right? Yep, I remember that. I've had this movie in pretty much every format you possibly could. Someone tell him we can't hear him, please. I'm on it now. Okay, um, I... Miloš, why don't you go? So, my uh, uncle used to work in the VHS store, and he'd always bring movies home. Ah. So, we rented this, we brought, we watched this one on a VHS tape when I was very, very young. Ah. So, this movie came out, like, I was six, probably. So, I'm not going to go on the limb and say I watched it straight away. Probably not. usually better at remembering that kind of stuff. Yep. I remember watching it when I was very young. So okay. probably 97, 8, mm-hmm. I'd say. It's probably when I watched it a couple of years after it came out. Yeah, did, uh... I, I always liked it. And uh, I'm sort of kind of ashamed to say I didn't really re-watch it until I watched mm-hmm. it like a couple of two days ago. Yep. And it's just fascinating me how good this movie is, man. It for the time it was made, especially like before CG was yeah. in everything. Like some of the one shot scenes where like they chop off a leg or they fucking take a dude's head off. Like it's yeah. really well filmed. Like it's yeah. It's say like, what you will. I, I, I watched it and I was like, man, this is such a darn good movie, man. And I mean, say what you will about Mel Gibson as a person, like he does know how to direct a movie. Like you got to oh, give yeah. him credit. You got to yep. give him credit. Oh, like. Yeah. That was his debut too. Like I know he had people there helping him to like learn the ropes, but with props but words still, too, yeah. Like he did a really well, fucking really good job on that. Yep. Um, can we hear uh-huh. Justin now? I hope. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, here yeah. he is. Yeah. How did you? How did you first experience this movie, bro? Okay, that was weird because I could hear you guys the whole time, and I was actually yeah. making jokes during that intro, and I was wondering why I wasn't being laughed at. My Jokes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Nobody heard. Maybe, maybe we'll play it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, so like I was saying, uh, first time I uh, saw this movie was probably when I was a little bit older than when it came out. Uh, probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11, something like that. Okay. Um, I think it was on TV and stuff. Um, so that was like the first time I watched it. Um, I like the movie, you know, so I never really, like, I don't know. I, it was never, like, a movie that I always went back to, but if it was on TV, I'd watch it. Fair enough. So that's kind of how I came to it. So you probably saw it on TV one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I eventually, um, you know, did it from, like, whatever. Yep. So I have a bit of a story with this one. Uh, given that it is my favorite movie of all time, as we've would it surprise that I've never seen this in theater? Slightly, yes. Kinda. Okay, so so here's why. Okay, so here's why. So back then, in the area of Connecticut that I I grew up in, we only really had one multiplex, really. So, and 
my buddy Mike has come up a couple of times on these and he has told me previously when he listens to the movie ones, he's uh, always amazed of, of how much we're able to recall first viewings of these things. Cause his argument is like a lot of these things are things we've seen so much that they just kind of, they just kind of blend into your head and like, why would you remember that? But I remember very clearly uh, making several attempts to go see this in a theater and being like the person in line in front of me bought the last ticket of the last show of the day. And it happened multiple multiple times. And the one that I remember was a time that he and I went, he and I tried to go with a couple of friends and we drove all the way out to the theater. Couldn't get in like the person one or two ahead of us. We were aiming for the nine o'clock show and the person one or two ahead of us bought the last ticket. Uh, this was this was probably in this movie came out in the U.S. May twenty third of nineteen ninety five. This was probably in June somewhere because things used to be in theaters longer than they are now. Um, yeah. And this is where I know I told you guys I was going to make a certain reference that I normally never make in this show. Uh, yes. So we're at we're at the theater. Braveheart sells out. I'm ready to just turn around and go home because, you know, that's what we were there for. So uh, Mike, on the other hand, refuses to leave without seeing something. The only option was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you go from one of like possibly the best movies of the decade to one of the absolute worst. (laughs) Like. Easy. <laughs> I know you like that. Exactly. I have something to like... say about that. Yeah. So, and then given, you know, so I, I never saw it in a theater when it ran originally. And then, you know, like six months later, whenever it hit, you know, early pay per view where like you could get movies from your cable box back then, I remember renting it with my mother and my uncle. And he and I loved it. I think my mother was not prepared for how violent it was going to be. Um, And uh, really, I mean, for me, just the short version of this, like why it had such an impact for me was like, not only is it, as Milos said, a great freaking movie, right? Um, But but just wanting to see it that long and getting denied that many times, it's just like, ah, fine. Yeah, that, that was part of it too. But I mean, before this, I largely just watched science fiction, science fiction and action films, right? I generally had no interest in uh, what most people would call Oscar bait. I just didn't – it was just all out of out of my radar completely. So then I saw this and uh, – fair, Fairness sake, though, at the time this was made, Sword and Sandals was not Oscar bait. This one was kind of the one that, like – changed that i mean you got like ben-hur and like the old fucking like golden age movies like silver age right but sure. like for, for modern movies like sword and sandals was not a huge genre until this and yep. then you had the, all the oscar Beatty ones the gladiators the troys the yeah so i saw this absolutely loved it um and you know the rest is history as they say i watched this probably on average twice a year um, I used to – I actually had a standing date where I would watch it every year. Uh, the night of the State of the Union address, I would always watch it because that shit bored the 
on me. So I was never going to watch that. Um, that is the probably, oddest patriotic thing I have ever heard. Yep. I probably won't do that this year since I just watched it for this and the State of the Union address is like in a month eh, or whatever. Did you watch it on January 6th? Because that's probably close enough. Uh, I thought about it, actually, uh, considering all that stuff was going on in the middle of the day and I was working. Um, well, that's but the, we, you might as well say that was the State of the Union for this year, the way they fucking yep. made the big hubble of it. Yep. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that was basically my intro to this movie, and it's become something that, you know, I still absolutely love. I don't necessarily know that anything that I see from this point forward would ever approach this for me. Um, so, yeah, what is going on right there? beat me for uh, weird uh, times to watch movies. I thought my weird uh, Thanksgiving double feature was oh, the, to watch very hard on the State of the Union address. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't done that for a couple of years because Corey actually gives a shit about the State of the Union if, if it's not a Republican. <laughs> oh, she's going to have fun this year then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I expect Biden to just walk up and go, well, we're fucked, and just turn around and walk away. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I, I never really care about the State of the Union address besides being a political science major. Uh, I usually skip them. Hmm. I remember, so, yeah, you and fucking Milo, or uh, who was it? The fucking, the annoying kid on the, the other page. Pardo? Oh, uh... Yes, Miles. That's him. He's on our page uh, still. He just doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. But yeah, him. he'd be like ripping on Justin for like, what do you know about politics? He's like, well, I am a political science major. <laughs> it's like, I was like, yeah. I only have, have a bachelor's degree in the subject, okay? But still, you, you're more yeah. qualified than what he was fucking trying to make out to be. And you'd be like, uh, actually. And he'd be like, uh, change the topic and fucking just leave for an hour and a half. Duh. <laughs> Okay, so um, really, also, given that this is, the, I believe, the first Best Picture winner we've ever tried to do. Um, what, you mean Mystery Men wasn't? <laughs> no, came close, <laughs> probably, though. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, this was one of the first, um, like, historical epics that I did see back in the day, and it sort of gave me a... a taste for a lot of them like i remember really enjoying gladiator after a couple of years after this uh the patriot was a couple of years after this I, all the yep. one, yeah. um, I did find some interesting information about the the behind the scenes of this and the idea that you know he took a lot of liberties with the whole william wallace thing um apparently he did not want to play Wallace, he thought he was too old because he was almost 40 and the character was supposed to be in his 20s. He wanted Jason Patrick to play Wallace. And yeah, that would have been an odd choice. Yeah. And, appar- and apparently Paramount said to him, um, the only reason we're financing this is because we want you to be in it. So uh, how about we do that then? Uh, <laughs> so there was that. Well, um, I guess that's a case of lemons into lemonade, right? Yeah, because it ended up working out pretty well. Um, yeah. that's he a, also, might, it might be his most defining role. Like, you can argue Lethal Weapon movies, but like... Yeah. Yeah. 
I would say it's this though, but I mean, maybe I'm a little biased with this one. I don't know. Well, that's, that's um, when I think I'd also of Mel say Gibson. It was this one. When yeah. I think of Mel Gibson, like aside from him yelling at cops while he's drunk, like I think of mostly the quotes from fucking Braveheart first. Yeah, and then like as the fucking clip show is running through my head, you get the fucking like him slapping his face and lethal weapon. Like there's a couple of those moments, but like for the most part, it's the speeches in Braveheart, like the the lines and like the, this is one of the like, most quotable movies ever. Like, yeah, as my wife can attest, as I was sitting quoting every other line, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would probably have to disagree there with that. I'd probably say, uh, lethal weapon's a little more quotable for me, but I think that's just because I'm fair enough. Yeah, okay. I mean. Like I, I said, like yeah. you, you can make the argument that like more people remember Lethal Weapon, but like for me, like the top five Gibson moments come from Braveheart. Like, yep. I mean, it's got yep. the main speech, which I mean, obviously, is you know, on TV all the time, and whenever they show like you know great clips of movies, obviously that that scene, you know, when he's you know on the horse and stuff, you know, talking to this. Oh yeah, the amp up speech. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. But there's that. There's the. Uh, the, the the fucking the prisoner would like to speak one word or speak a final word or whatever, and he's just the freedom to end it. Like that's that's big. Yeah. Sure. Um, he also, I guess, he turned down the lead role in Gladiator because he thought it was too similar to this, and he didn't want to do another movie like this. Which balances out because Russell Crowe kind of became the next Mel Gibson there for a little while. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, I also did a little bit of, uh, not a ton, because I didn't have a lot of, it struck me a couple hours before recording to do a little bit of research on the the real history of this. Um, Apparently, he took a lot of liberties with the whole Wallace thing. Well, the screenwriter was his last name was Wallace, and I don't know if he's related somehow in the lineage or not. But like, yeah, he's probably telling the more favored story that his family yep. passed down. If he is right, right. I meant to look into that whether that guy Randall Wallace, I believe, was yes, his name. I meant to look like into that. whether yeah. he was actually related to um, to William Wallace or not. I did not have time for that. So apparently, um, oh, we should probably do the plot real quick before we get into specifics. <laughs> Um, <laughs> shit. But is, is he related to Sheep? It's a 27 year old movie, people. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know the plot for like the Scottish fucking, yeah, it, it's history. It's literally okay. history. Yeah. yeah nobody is this, does this version really count as that, though? Um, uh, 50 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so William Wallace is a guy who, you know, is. He's living with his father. His father dies in a prior attempt to uh, to uh, overthrow the British. Who had it was Scotland. That that part is accurate. They several times in their history they were like fuck England and just attacked. Well, apparently the whole thing, the whole reason Britain came Britain came in was because they were uh, the Scottish were quibbling over who the rightful king was. Well, and the Highlanders Eng- and the Lowlanders. Scottish history yep. is pretty cool. <laughs> and England saw this as an opportunity to be like, oh, we'll come in and take over now then. Yeah, we um, own everything, and the Scots never, ever let that go. Like, there's even right. now, there's a lot of times, like, the, the 
in the like the European Parliament or I guess the fucking British Parliament, whatever. Like the Scottish were like so anything the British suggest, they're just like, no, fuck that, we're gonna come up with our own. Just ask oh, Phil. He hates he hates the Brits. Well, that's him and Miles arguing was so much fun because like knowing history, it's like you guys never got along. Well, I mean, they still like try to go get their uh, independence. Still, I mean, there was all well, we have a Josh. Yeah. Okay, so just real quick, we're gonna backtrack a little bit. We did the how are you supposed <laughs> to this movie? We got everyone except yours. Go. Uh, saw it in theaters. You bastard. Hmm? <laughs> and John didn't. You can lord that over him for like the rest of your life. And he's older than me. Yeah, I know. Instead, he went so he lost in Power Rangers. Yep, that was the Power Rangers. <laughs> just his book. <laughs> you can listen to the first twenty minutes when it publishes and hear that story again. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this was a very liberal version of of. Scottish history. I mean, so basically, his father dies. He's taken by his uncle to go live somewhere that is not Scotland. Uh, they played don't really by, say where. Played by Brian Cox, who does his best Sean Connery in the fact that he's like accent. Who needs an accent? I'm just gonna talk. Uh, they offered Connery the Longshanks role. He turned it down. That would have been interesting. Well, he, he was um, just fucking King John, King Richard. In Robin yeah. Hood, like right, right. In Robin Hood, yeah. Yeah, he was Patrick. Yep. Yeah, Patrick but that's just like at the end of the movie. He's yeah. barely in it. Patrick McGowan. He was Arthur. In that, uh, he was Arthur in that Richard Gere movie. Yes. Oh, first night? Yeah. Yeah, I also first think night. It would have been hard to make. I think a lot of people like Connery so much, it would have made it hard for him to play that evil. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, and it, yeah. it might it might have been an see. ego thing where he's like I'm a fucking hero, not a villain. So yep, true. Uh, so he comes back to Scot- Wallace comes back to Scotland after like 20 years. I or I think it's supposed to be about 20 years, and um, so they're still kind of under the British thumb, and he he runs into the girl that he kind of had a thing for when he was a kid, and now they're in their 20s. Even and, though she's um, like 25 years younger than he is. Yes. Um, so uh, they... The, well, they kill her off fairly early, so, you know. Well, I was going to say that the British king institutes this thing where uh, nobility... Yes. And by the way, that was also bullshit, because that, according to the stuff I, I looked into today, that was never actually used by Britain anywhere ever. Because they were too concerned, they were too concerned about what it would do to the, that it would incite the conquered populations. Yeah, um, but I, I think the Welsh did use that for a little while. Yeah, and that's, that's they kind of mixed the British and the Welsh together at times in this movie. So I had heard that the from what I read, it sounded like something that the French did a lot <laughs> at certain times. After the last three days with the French in my country, yeah, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> there's a there's a really weird thing where you know, in the time that this came out, it was regularly agreed upon by historians. Yeah, that happened. Um, I'm calling it British revisionist history because in like the last four years, they've they've unanimously decided, oh, it never happened anywhere. But it was so ubiquitous in pop culture knowledge that Joss Whedon wrote it into Age of Ultron as a Tony Stark joke 
and the usual suspects all lost their minds because oh, everybody knew what it was. And I mean, you look at Game of Thrones, like that's that's like <coughs> widely based on fucking the War of the Roses, which was British, and there's there's prima nocta fucking stuff all throughout those books. Exactly. Right. Like. So maybe you're right about that then. Uh, so uh, the the British dudes kill his wife because she basically she's getting raped and she fights it off and then they essentially capture her and kill her so that pisses him off and uh so he leads a rebellion essentially against the british um the what's that sorry you're underwater again uh sorry i said i hope that would piss him off yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that's that's such a great fucking scene too, because he shows up and he just starts kicking the shit out of dudes, and then like the last guy, you think he's like go home with a message, but no, he just slits the motherfuckers throat. Just... Oh, when yep. they take over the little, they take over the little fort. You mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go well, ahead. I think he wants to. I think he wants to kill that guy in the exact same way that his wife he was killed. killed. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah but, like, Usually those movies is leave one alive to tell the story kind of thing, right? But well, no. he, he does that because that was just the garrison, and then he goes up to the next fort and he kills everybody, and then he leaves like five guys, and he's like, "You go back, deliver the message." Yeah, but yep. I mean, like that first fight, like yeah, you think you'd think he'd leave at least one alive, at, like just for that moment, right? But then yeah. again, they did do it again. Yeah, the next fight, so it's I guess they just didn't want to repeat themselves. Yep. And one of the one of the subtexts of this as he's starting this rebellion is that, you know, there's Scottish nobility that, you know, they're all arguing with each other over who the rightful king is, basically. And so that's the Highland versus the Lowland, the mix versus the max. Yeah. But, you know, they're they're so and he even says it at one point later in the movies, like they're all so busy bitching at each other that they don't realize that if they work together, they could probably beat this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Yeah, um, even the other the uh, the fucking British king realizes that he's just like, yeah, <laughs> these idiots weren't fighting with each other. They could fuck us up, which is. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, if you watch this on January 6th, it'd be actually like just as good as your State of the Union watch. <laughs> Probably, might, yeah. Yeah, but now it might be more appropriate to watch it on that date, actually. <laughs> um, so the first major battle takes place in uh, an area called Sterling, and I did some research onto this, and there's a major part of this that they just completely ignore. Uh that entire battle basically took place over a bridge that is not in this movie at all. Um, no, they wanted wide open fields to have at the Oscar reels. Right. So the, I get, and I guess Mel Gibson's thought was it would be too logistically difficult to do this on a bridge and we want it to be more open and whatever. And then people, from what I read, people were like, well, yeah, but the bridge is the main reason they won the fight. <laughs> Well, I, I know I came in late, and I'm guessing you already got to this, but um, you know the whole blue face paint thing didn't happen either. So, yeah, I we didn't see I, it, but it, it's on our list. I think mm-hmm. it's not on my list. I didn't even think about that. Um, it was uh, something like a thousand years out of uh, touch of when it would have happened. Yeah, so they win this battle again. Just uh, adds dramatic effects. Yeah. Yep. So they win this battle at Sterling. Uh, Wallace and his like top dudes are given like knighthoods, and and he's named like protector of the realm and whatever. Um, so then he decides because again they can't 
get past the political infighting of it all, he decides, fuck it, I'm just going to go to England and start taking that shit over. Um, so they they win, a, a, I think they take over York, was it? Yep. Well, so um, they go to York because York was where all the invasions were coming into Scotland. And that's when he meets with the Princess of Wales. And she's like, oh, I understand you were given knighthood. And he was like, I wasn't given anything. I'm here to take yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wasn't given anything. God makes men what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so then there he's he's kind of winning in England as much as he possibly can with like limited supplies and whatever else. And then um, the English send a force back to Scotland and he, you know, he's warned of that by the I believe it was the princess's like handmaiden person. Uh, yeah. Sends him a note or whatever. And so they go back to Scotland. There's another battle at, in this area called Falkirk that they lose because uh, the English king buys off a couple of the minor lords that turn on him, basically, and take their forces out of it in the middle of the fight, and they lose. Well, then uh, they had Robert the Bruce, and then that's like yep, the big we have Yeah, well, the, the lumber king was pulling strings and blah, blah, blah. So, blah. Yeah, so uh, another major character in this thing, and he came off way larger to me in this this reading of it than he ever has before. I don't know why. I've seen it probably 40 times. Um, Robert the Bruce played by Angus McFadden is probably the closest to the rightful king of Scotland that they have, but it's just every, like I said, they're all bitching over position and stuff. And he, he's shown as kind of an idealist. Like he wants to be able to, he wants this country to be free, but and he's willing to do it in a way that Wallace is, like go fight everybody and just fight them off. But he also has to, because of, like Brent said, his leper father that, you know, uh, is just kind of hiding in a tower, because obviously you would close somebody off if they had that. And uh, he basically lies to everybody around him and says the dad's in France just sending letters and crap. Like nobody knows that he's up there. Um Right, so, because even though he was a noble, if they found out that he was a leper, they would have lost everything. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, they would have so disowned he, him. They would have just been like, yeah, no, you're fucking yep. gross. Like, So he's manipulating. He's working with the British king, and uh, Robert the Bruce is kind of a – he's almost like – and from what I found in my research today, like a lot of Scots disagree with the way Robert the Bruce is shown here. Because yeah. he's way more of like a national hero to people in that country, and he just kind of looks like an ineffective turd. Right. I mean, he's a nice yeah. guy, but I mean, he's just kind of—you would think somebody that was that tied into royal politics and stuff would not be so oblivious as he tends to be. Yeah, um, this, this kind of gets into like Game of Thronesy stuff again, but it's mm-hmm. it's basically like the honor code, like. You obey your father before you think of it, and so where he's yep. a prince, like he can't make any moves until he is the actual king, till his father's out of the picture. So he's just trying yep. to be the so total son kinda... for the most part, and it, yep. it does make him look ineffectual, but in a way that is historic. That's that's one of the more historically accurate parts of it. Yep. So then after Falkirk, you know, uh, Wallace goes and essentially kills the two lords that fucked him over, um, and then. After that, and this is another thing where they deviated from the actual history pretty significantly. 
after Falkirk, he's removed from that position of like protector of the realm because of how badly they got their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of becomes like an unofficial diplomat for a while, like not obviously representing the country because they can't, he can't be shown to be doing that, but more like going around subversively and trying to uh, raise people in other countries to help them fight the British off. He basically Which, becomes a guerrilla leader. Yes, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, so then, you know, and one of the symbolic things they have that just keeps getting passed around in this movie is that when it's way back in the beginning, when he's a kid and his father dies, the child version of his wife, uh, gives him like a pressed flower at that time or a flower from the funeral site. And then he has it pressed later and just carries it around all the time. Right. So there's a couple of periods where other characters get their hands on that and just keep passing it around to each other. Um, and he, he gets Wallace gets a note from the Bruce says, yeah, come to, you know, we we're finally going to put all this aside and unite under you and everything. And uh, so he, I don't know that he necessarily believes that's legitimate, but he thinks they have to at least try it because otherwise they're just going to continue to sit there. Well, I think um, here's the thing, like for Wallace, Robert the Bruce, like even the few interactions that he have, he comes out like, "I would follow you if you, like, if you unite us, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna be the first one to follow you." And that's right. like the team that dragged throughout the movie. So when he gets the summons from Robert the Bruce, like, yeah, he's going to answer it. And everybody's like, it's going to be a trap. He's like, yeah, but I got to go. Yeah, and a a big part of the storyline is how, like, the noble families in Scotland aren't going to get off their fucking asses or send their troops unless there's an actual threat coming at them. So he basically riles up the English to the point where, like, a threat is coming at them. So they have to get off their ass and do something, right? Like, There's a whole other thing. There's a whole other thing, and this is if the research I did is to be trusted for being accurate. Who knows? That something else that they left out of this, and another reason why a lot of the Scottish nobility doesn't do anything, is because the English king had a lot of a lot of them. He had members of their family hostage. Well, hostage or married into the family again. It's really yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's, get into the actual that's what they always did. Like, that's how you took care of enemies. Yeah. So he gets he gets this summons from from the Bruce as uh, Milos said, saying, you know, come and meet with us. We're finally all going to put this crap aside and and unite under you and whatever, and we'll finally get rid of these British fucks. Um, so then he goes there. It's all set up. The one major lord guy who's still alive has basically brokered a side deal where he's basically going to give Wallace to the British. And the Bruce is completely unaware of it. He tries to stop it, actually, and gets the crap kicked out of him for it. <laughs> um, so then the last 20 minutes is basically, you know, he's in prison for a little bit. There's, like, the the scene where he's given the opportunity to confess to his crimes, and they'll just chop his head off. He refuses. Um, so they do the public execution thing, uh, which is really brutal like a lot of it's by implication i mean it wasn't like the passion of the christ or anything um i mean it's almost entirely by implication but even just the thought of what they show is pretty gross um, well, yeah they show, show them being stretched and they were as brutal as those executions actually were at the time yeah i'm sure 
But yeah, that's the one. That's the one. And you know, Corey's probably seen this five times just from from uh, living with me for twelve years. But um, the execution is the one part of it she can't watch. <laughs> so, so yeah. Then he he dies up, uh, and then the last scene is like some period later after the leper king is dead and Robert the Bruce is officially the king and it looks like he's just going to go out you know they they do the thing where they have the two armies on the field and it looks like he's just going to go out and like broker broker the deal which happens semi regularly but then he decides ah fuck it and they just the last scene is like the and it just, it's just like the beginning of a charge you know, they don't show the whole fight or anything but yeah so and there's a small uh, tidbit uh, regarding regarding Robert if and I might be completely wrong but yes he's considered a Scottish national hero but he's also somewhat figured that will that Wallace was this movie Wait, as what? far as fighting like he was the guy who you know started the rebellion that actually freed Scotland from England yep. for a time. Well, stuff. speaking of that, and, there uh, are... if anybody is interested in that story, but there's a, I think, Outlooking is the name I of mean, a Netflix movie that Klein did. I was going to get to that. There are, ah. there are two movies relating to Robert the Bruce that have come out in recent years. Uh, as Milos said, Outlaw King was released on Netflix. Uh, in 2018 directed by david mckenzie stars chris pine as robert the bruce also has aaron taylor johnson and florence Pugh. uh this was pretty good i mean i enjoyed this one quite a bit i've only seen it once as opposed to my 40 my 40 50 60 some odd viewings of braveheart by now um there was also in 2019 a film called robert the bruce uh, starring Angus McFadden again as this character, directed by Richard Gray, um, which I have not seen. I do have a copy of it. I have not had time to actually sit down with it. Um, so I don't really know anything about what that even is, but there is more more of this story if you want it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think I did watch uh, I remember watching that when it came out. I think everybody said how good it was. Yeah, I mean, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I it's, yeah, I almost have to. It's been a couple of years. I don't think I saw it since it came out initially. I, I'd have to yeah, sit down same. with it again. I do remember liking it quite a bit. Um, I can't believe you got through that whole synopsis without mentioning Hamish or Steven. Right? <laughs> yeah, but did they matter to the plot, though? Steven is a yeah. main character. Yeah. Hamish was the best friend, you know, so... He's, yeah, he's, the, yeah. he's the Samwise Gamgee of the movie. Exactly. Brendan Gleeson, so great. I mean, no, he's... But Steven, Steven, this is my... That's my island. I'm yep. the most dangerous man on my island. to fight the Irish. He's like, oh, we're not fighting the Irish. Those are my people. That's mm-hmm. my island. <laughs> and given that I'm like three quarters Irish, I do f- feel a certain connection to that guy, even though he was actually, <laughs> apparently the actor is actually Scottish and Brendan Gleeson is Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought yeah. was an odd turn. Uh, yeah, it's but not, yeah, it's so not those, quite you know, as odd. The... Go ahead. That's, that, that's not quite as odd as the Highlander having fucking 
Yeah. Christopher Lambert playing Scottish and then Sean Connery playing Spanish in Scotland going, what a beautiful country this fucking Scotland of yours. Such a strange land. <laughs> well, that's not, that's, not as, that's not as weird as Antonio Banderas playing a Greek guy in uh, the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which you just watched today, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Was, uh, yeah, he was watching that today. You know he wanted to talk about that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, I mean, to I, me, like, this is, know. you know, and I'm, I've, I'm always been into this sword and sorcery thing to a certain extent. Well, this isn't a sorcery thing, of course, but, like, the sword and sandal thing, as Brent said. Uh, in some part, because, you know, I played D&D as a kid, and I always sort of connected with that stuff but like i think one of the things i was struck by seeing this at 17 where a lot of my movie experience was like star wars and star trek and you know the occasional arnold movie maybe just like the uncompromising violence of it was like holy shit You know, uh, and gibson found his niche early and he ran with it the rest of his directorial career so Yep. Uh, yeah, you you could say that. Um, yeah, I mean, I just then you know I'm probably blanking. I'm I'm gonna turn into like the Chris Farley thing at a certain point if we don't come up with something. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting how many parallels it has with 300. You know, and that's the little bit that's historically accurate. They say history repeats itself. But that, of course, had been out for a long time at that point. And I'm wondering if Gibson or the writers or whoever, like, was aware of that, because there are a lot of direct parallels in that. There are. It's now that you say it. There's a lot of story beats that play out very similar. Yeah, even the way it ends with the last charge and everything and the speech, you know, remember William Wallace. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I'm struck by every single time I see it is how good Patrick McGowan was. Like, he's just, he excels in that role of like the scummy, evil king guy. Yeah, I think he's uh, channeling Alan Rickman from Robin Hood, which of course was only like three years earlier at that point. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, similarities there. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't go with somebody like Rickman to play that guy. He probably wouldn't after being basically the same thing as this fucking, yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, basically, it's almost the same character. Well, that's the thing. Like, a guy like Rickman, he was always worried about being typecast as just that kind of fucking sword and sandal actor so like that's why he did so many fucking weird roles like yeah that was at the point of his career where he was trying to do more serious movies and like they just stopped casting him and then he ended up in you know Mm -hmm. galaxy quest and basically was like playing the character after his own uh, life experience at that point yeah yeah which which we also if you would like to go back and uh Listen to our Galaxy Quest review. Yeah, I actually Good did luck. listen. To- <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants from Under the Sea. There, just fucking <laughs> great plug. I actually did listen to that one today. I um, yeah. Okay. 
I don't know. I don't know. I do not understand what he said. That was me. That was me being underwater. You already are, my friend. You already are. You don't need the help. Yeah. Well, maybe I do need. I mean, I also think one of the things that was interesting about this was like at this point, and Brent, you said this sort of started again, like the the sword and sandal thing with these movies, like. How many three-hour movies were made at this time? Like, uh, oh, there were a lot. I mean, like last Titanic was in around there. Titanic yeah. wasn't far after that. Like, that's I don't know whether you cause an effect or what, but like, yeah, there, there was a few of them that like they were marathons. Yeah, I mean, especially for like you know Oscar movies, so you had Dances with Wolves, you had Last of the Mohicans, mm-hmm. uh, you had all the westerns of the early '90s. I mean, like Tombstone is is Tombstone incredible, but it goes on yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty long. Good, true. Yeah, that yeah. was a decent length. Yeah, yeah. The Godfather is like three hours. Yeah, and that well, was any, any Scorsese movie back then. He was like, well, I'm a fucking artist, so he, yeah. everything was right at the three hour mark. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, o- audiences were had a longer attention span to sit through a movie back then, and yes, theaters theaters weren't controlled by corporate fucking movie entities, so they 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 were willing to show a movie that long three times a day instead of getting mm-hmm. the next six fucking by putting a time limit on them. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. yeah, it was just like, diff- it was just a different box time. Office in a weekend at that point was like just under a hundred million. Yeah, and that was like a yeah. huge movie. Like, exactly, that was like the peak peak. Yeah, right. Plus, in the oh, nineties, like um, it was really like a boom of like these uh, like this return to like older cinema, kind of where it was like a little more like artistic or whatever. Like with this, and then with Titanic, and then stuff like that. Even though they were like blockbusters, like the longer run times, the period stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of mm-hmm. seemed like. You know, then at least like maybe the early to mid '90s. Then I mean, Titanic was kind of the late '90s, but I mean, then that kind of set off like, oh yeah, it's okay to have longer running movies. So it opened the door for like Lord of the Rings and you know a bunch of other shit that came in after it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. If yeah. Nobody want- thought twice about runtimes back then. No, it was, it was just. It took how long to take to tell the story, and they didn't get like. But like I said, a big part of that is that like nowadays everything's run by fucking like corporate studios, right? So they're like, mm-hmm. we need eight views a day to get this many fucking people in the theater each day. Like back That's then, they, 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 it wasn't that fucking strictly run. So they were like, all right, it's a four-hour movie. Just fucking have at or play it however many times you want. We'll make whatever we make. Like, yep. And I mean, back then, even like. And I, again, as we said before, I didn't see this one in a theater, but like movies of that length back then even had breaks in the middle. Like I remember going to uh, JFK with my father and that had an intermission like halfway through. (laughs) Yeah, it had to be over four hours for that. Oh, okay. Um, JFK was four hours? That I'm not sure. I haven't seen it in a really long time. No, it was it was a long one, but it wasn't I don't think it was right around the same as this. No, it was on yeah. one VHS, so it was probably probably just under the three hour mark, right? Yeah. yeah. Remember, remember when Titanic came on two VHSs? That was crazy. That's Titanic came said. on two DVDs. Oh, really? Yeah. 
IMDb has uh, JFK time as uh, three hours, nine minutes. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was. I don't know. That's kind of weird for three hours. Hmm. Well, uh, I, what they do now in my theater, well, like, was, uh, every, uh, everything were probably like two and a half hours. They smack an intermission off and give you, you can buy like small menu. Right, so they just plug in the commission stand to try to make some money. I'm like, I just want to watch a movie. I don't care if it's like three hours, five hours. Like, if I pay the ticket, I'm going to sit for five hours in the movie, especially if it's good. Yeah. Or at least if it's entertaining. Everything's better in Europe, guys. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, was JFK uh, by Oliver Stone? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that kind of explains why there was an intermission in uh you know, barely three-hour movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, trying to think, what else can we get to here? Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, oh. Go. Uh, no, I was just going to jump on um, the Bruce uh, uh, thing with uh, it, um, what was his name? Um, Angus McFarden. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I think uh, going back to what you were saying earlier about how, um, you know, the Scottish really don't like how he was portrayed in this movie. And so yeah. like I think it was mostly because of who played him. I mean, if Mel Gibson played uh, Bruce, then um, uh, then he probably would have had, a, you know, a bigger role, probably would have been more of the hero of the movie. But, I mean, I, I, um, Angus uh, McFadden, I don't think he was really in a ton of stuff at that point. And to be honest with you, I don't really remember him being in a ton of stuff. I mean, I was introduced to him besides this movie, which I completely forgot he was in this movie. Um, I I was reintroduced to him, I guess, on Chuck, because he plays one of the villains in the last season of Chuck. And then I went back to this movie when we were re-watching it for this, and I was like, oh shit, he's in this movie. And then it's like, he's like this really like, good guy in this movie or whatever and it just threw me off but it's like i don't really remember him being in a ton of stuff and even before this i don't i think this may have been one of his first films um or at least one of his first films in america and that's possible i, I don't know. think they had so much of a problem with the, the actor playing it it was the way it was written like yeah i don't i think you're looking I at think it the lens through they try to the lens through which they put the movie was always going to be william wallace so everybody else was gonna take like a back secondary seat. role, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, but like you know, but regardless, I, I think, their importance was to the actual story. But yeah, I, I think with the Scottish being angry over it, I think it was more or less because they made him look ineffectual or just kind of fucking like weak-willed. There, right? It wasn't because yeah. the actor didn't play yeah. it well. It was because right. no, 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 they, 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 it was because they like, Robert the, the movie. Moves, like George Washington. Well, that's the thing. Like no, they've yeah. got their own. You look at history from two sides of a war, and it's never the same thing, right? They're they're always hyping up a different guy, saying, "Oh, this guy did it all. And this guy was a fucking turd." And like <laughs> with the Scottish, it's like Robert the Bruce was the guy, so they're like they hype him up. You, you know what I mean? It's it's like the yeah, old yeah. wrestling territory. No, I, like, I, yep. I didn't mean to say that he was he was he did a good job because I don't think he did a bad job at all. I was just yeah. saying that like I think I think that they I guess they wrote it more like that just because he's not a main actor. You know what I mean? Like, well, like no, because no, it was just the way the movie... The yeah, it's like, it's like you know what I mean? just said, yeah, it's fucking... Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. Brain fart. Yeah. So he's just saying, like, maybe Scottish audiences would have taken it better if it was actually a movie about Robert the Bruce. Yeah, 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 but yeah, it was it was yeah. never a movie about. But Robert it was Bruce, never about though. Robert the Bruce. No, yeah, it was always the William Wallace. I don't know, weaker and... portrayal, if you want to call it like that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. What I'm saying though is like is like if like like obviously whoever Mel Gibson was gonna play, that was who the movie was gonna be about, even if it wasn't like at first maybe written about, um, you know, William or whatever. No, you know? it was though. Oh, all right. well, that's, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It was written. This is, this is how it was written. Uh, all right. Because I remember John saying something about how they wanted Mel Gibson to uh, actually be in the movie. So I wasn't sure if he, like, you know. Yeah, no, it, was, it was always written to be the William Wallace story. And that's, yeah. Uh, right. That was the story he wanted to do as a director, and then Paramount was like, well, yeah, but you also have to be in it, otherwise we're not going to give you all this money. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, when the script got delivered, it was basically the Scottish Shea Gravera story. Like, it was never about the leader of the country, and that was always downplayed. It was the gorilla guy that came up and rallied the people to actually fucking get off their asses, right? Yep. Yeah. I gotta say that the speech before Sterling... Still chokes me up to this day. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen it probably, like I said, sixty times, and uh, you know, somehow it's still. And that's how I know it's. That's how I know it's my things like that, or how I know it's uh, my all-time favorite film because it still affects me in the same way as I saw it the first time, and I've seen it as many times as I have over the year. I mean. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but also a measure of a good movie, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That, that scene, um, favorite line, William Wallace in it, though. Well, we didn't get dressed up for nothing from Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they just go into a fucking battle. Like. <laughs> My favorite line is probably, and, you know, as the avowed atheist, I just found this, you know, particularly funny during the the uh, archery bits at the beginning of Sterling, and Stephen turns to Wallace and goes, "The Almighty says he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure." By your <laughs> yeah. And then the psychotic laugh right after that just bothers mm-hmm. me every time. Like it's, it's a great, moment. and he's got that guy's got tons of them. I mean. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's literally there just for one-liners for the most part, but he's, he does yeah. it so well that it's like it doesn't feel pandery. Forced. Yeah. I also like the um, that bit when they the slow motion bit where they're like hunting a deer or whatever, and the Irish guy came in with that other guy who was all like, you know, you're basically who was uh, basically. Uh, kissing ass to Wallace like you're basically Jesus you know and then uh, the the Scottish guy tries to kill him and Stephen comes in and bails him out and goes I didn't like him anyway he wasn't right in the head yeah. <laughs> while this guy's been doing like crazy shit every second he's been on screen I was just like that's great did they some like ah, he's just a fucking lunatic He's like, yeah, I might yeah. be crazy, but I got a dagger up to your general's throat. Yep. Yeah. That's when that's when William Wallace is like, hey, he's got a point. Come on along. You, you could be fun. 
Yeah. As if he's like, you're all madmen. I'm in good company. <laughs> yeah. yep. I'm in the right place then. Yeah. I still um, want the uh, the Hamish and Steven buddy comedy, though. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah. could, that could easily be an eight-part Netflix series. Yeah. And I feel like they could do that now and it would still work. <laughs> yeah. Because those two characters it. really aged well, so... Yeah, I mean, is, like Brendan Gleeson's got like nine different kids that are actors now too. So like you can fill out half the cast just with his family. Oh yeah, get get Donald Gleeson to play it instead. Sure. Oh yeah, he could play a whiny bitch king. Like no problem. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of striking out here, like because I'm I'm trying. You know, I should have planned this one out. Chris Carley show, yeah. I feel like I should have planned this one out a little better so I didn't turn into that. But, uh, but, um, no, no, there's it's fine. We're there yeah. with you, man. Oh, you're good. You're good, man. Yeah, I mean, we're over half I mean, an hour. You know, I generally the only don't. One, the only one who hasn't got, like, a, like, this is a great movie take is Karen, who's just like, eh, it is what it is. It's got that whole new win again. That's his average oh. take about everything, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I wouldn't say it's, it's, uh, I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, obviously it's it's a great movie in terms of like how it's shot, um, how it's written, you know, stuff like that, how it's acted, you know, stuff like that, how it's structured or whatever. It's just personally like with me, I'm not really like a fan of like Scottish history and stuff like that. So it's just not really like a movie that covers my taste, you know what I mean? So that's kind of like where I get the kind of like, you know, uh, Half and half, high and cold thing about it, but I mean, you know, it's That's such, such a mean, New England take. Eh, it's not right, bad, but it's hey. not the right accent, so I don't trust it. Hey, friend, hey I'm a New England racist against Scots. Hey, it's hey, it's not from Duncan, so I don't drink it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm technically a New Englander too, though. Really? Yeah. Most of that bread, Eddie, by now. It's only been twelve years. You've domesticated <laughs> to Wisconsin, so. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, even like the, and you know, there's a lot of like things too that I have to assume they did because they made more like dramatic sense than like whether this was actually the reality or not. Like, do we think that the the English? English King's son was actually like super gay. Oh yeah, probably. Have you seen those fun dudes back then all the time? Yeah. yeah, I'm just not sure how there would have been records of that for them to know that. But well, I mean, a lot of it was made up. Like apparently, Isabella at that point was like nine years old, and uh, the whole love triangle thing didn't happen. Mm. And I mean, really, like just think, ye oldie Facebook. Yep. Right. Now here's here's an interpretational question I've always had with the stuff with Wallace and the French princess. Um, do any of us believe that he actually was in any way interested in her beyond like knowing he could use her for whatever reason? I think it's psychological warfare. Yeah. Because he's like, ha I banged your wife. So even though you're a nobleman and I'm just a fucking up jumped fucking general, like. I got power over you, motherfucker. Yeah, he didn't care about her. He was stuck on uh, Murrin. Yep. 
Yep. I thought that too. And I, I kind of felt like an unromantic scumbag for thinking that, but then I was just like, well, yeah, I, but I think like the main reason why that happened was like, so she can sneak messages. So they have a reason why she would sneak messages to him. Well, that right. and to prove that he's got... And it leads day. to that scene when King is basically on his deathbed and he's like, yeah, I have a son a woman, he's not of your blood. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's also to prove, like, partially that William Wallace has... <laughs> well, yeah. Because, no, like, I... his, gir- his girlfriend dies and he just hangs out with a bunch of sweaty dudes the rest of the time. Like, people... Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess before that, he was pretty tight. Well? Yeah, well, I, mean, I think they did a pretty good job of, like, you know, kind of showcasing how much love he had to that woman and, you know, how yeah. you know, he thought, you know what I mean? He's not the same. He doesn't really want another woman besides her, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you could say it's uh, not gays or whatever, but I think they did a pretty good job of, uh, you know, um, kind of showcasing, like, why he doesn't really go for the other one and you know yeah yeah yep and i even like you know some of the other characters that i'm not even sure a lot of them get names but like hamish's father who i Mm. I think he ever gets a name beyond the last name campbell um and then the guy the guy who's one of wallace's major generals who he's the guy who has the wife that gets taken by the the noble for the prima nocta thing Oh yeah, Chips from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I was about to say familiar. Sons of Anarchy, man. I knew he looked familiar. Damn it, I couldn't figure out why. Uh, he's like, what's his name? Flanagan something. Tommy Robert does. Rupert something. Yeah. That's right. I did look through the IMDb Tommy, and he. But I did look through the IMDb today and he was on it. I couldn't figure out where he was. Sons of Anarchy. Here's an interesting, weird casting thing for one of the side sequels I saw today. Um, so in The Outlaw King, uh, Robert the Bruce's wife is played by Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in, the Angus McFad- in the Angus McFadden Robert the Bruce, the woman who obviously should be an adult now, who played the younger version of Wallace's wife in this movie went on to play Robert the Bruce's wife in the McFadden one. Okay. I haven't watched it yet. I'm probably going, I'm going to try to maybe this weekend. Um, but I was just paging through the IMDb for all three of those movies and saw that and thought that was an interesting way to go. That's um, it. Uh, the, the Princess of Wales went on to play the uh, Bond girl that wasn't Denise Richards and the world is not enough. Oh, yeah. Okay. You mean yeah, scientist kind of... Denise Richards. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nuclear physicist Denise Richards. Like, yeah. I would believe that. The hey, most believable happen. Bond girl. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. That's kind and of I mean, that's kind of weird, though, because, like, um, if, like, that Robert the Bruce movie is supposed to be kind of a quasi-sequel to Braveheart with him as, you know, Robert the Bruce again. It's kind of weird that they would have her play his wife. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but she they, was like... At this point, they wouldn't remember her. She was like six years old, and now she's probably like 40. Oh, that's, I guess that's true. I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, does, anyone, does anyone else have a problem with this? I mean, I, Josh, I know you won't. But I mean, and I don't really either. But I mean, does anybody else look at this movie differently, knowing what we now know about 
Gibson. Not that I really wanted to get into this all that much, but nah, not really. No, I don't. I separate art from artists. But that's care. just it. Yeah. Listen to Michael Jackson, same. even though he was a yeah, slime ball. So it's. Yeah. I try. I think once, like you know, once he's on screen, it's a totally different story. Like, yeah. For me, I have like what you do screen. Like I can yeah. agree with it, not agree with it. You know, everybody's got their own like, problems I mean, or whatever. Well, that's just it. Like Mel Gibson. How are you calling? But like, as far as directing and acting goes, like he's absolutely brilliant. Well, that's just and that's just it. Like he's far from the first big asshole that said something fucking stupid in a mo- in Hollywood before. Not only right. that, it's just exactly. like they're so awful people in general that like you know what he did is nothing compared to what most of them do, and most of those are like the people everybody loves. So you know, whenever news comes out, I'm just like, yeah, doesn't surprise me. And yeah, I mean, not exactly. Not to, not to justify what he said or did at all, but like, no, no, he all. was I'm going through like, the I middle mean, of it a di- worse. He was going through the middle of div- divorce, and I mean, like, you get stress like that on you, you're not saying the most rational shit in the first place. Like, I mean, he's also a crazy person. He's been well, a crazy person for decades. You know, all these true. crazy characters he played wasn't a far cry. Yeah, yeah. Briggs was really basically just him. Yeah. I also, I also kind of um, had a conversation with somebody at my office while I, w- I was doing research for this on my lunch break, basically. And uh, somebody asked me what I was doing. And I said, you know, we're doing this podcast on Braveheart. It's my favorite movie ever. So, you know, and the person was just like, I'm gonna, I don't understand how you can like that movie, given that your wife is Jewish and he hates Jewish people. And I'm just like, um, well, she doesn't even care really that much so why would i <laughs> i don't know i think some people just like like need to like i don't know be outraged about something it's like part of the yeah. like nowadays especially with the internet outrage machine i like to call it you know what i mean like you need to be upset or outraged about something and hate mm-hmm. something you used to love and yep. uh, i mean i'm kind of with everybody else where like i separate the art from the artist i mean i still no, have, i definitely you know, need to do that i still have annie hall and manhattan as some of my top 100 favorite movies, and Woody Allen is a piece of shit. So, but that's, <laughs> but this is what bugs me about today, like hyper fucking woke society. It's, they'll all go, oh, Mel Gibson's a piece of shit for what he said, and then they'll all go on Twitter and follow Louis Farrakhan. Yeah, true. Like, well, it's 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 whichever philosophy you deem you know, to be better or whatever. You know what I mean? And so then obviously... I think for you know, most of the people, I think most of the people who aren't vocal about that kind of stuff are like us. So we just keep our mouth shut and just like separate that stuff. It's the people who are vocal are the ones who got to blast it all over and they don't like... I don't care. Like when you look at the first movie he directed after the whole school, Hacksaw Ridge, and like that was absolutely brilliant. Oh, Hexel Ridge was awesome, but yeah. they also there was nothing about and like and at that point people were like, hmm, well, he might be an asshole, but he he can still make movies. But if what I if I remember correctly from when that was being promoted and stuff, they didn't have his name all over it. They either. did not. No, they did not. But people still people, knew he made. Oh yeah, no, I knew that one. I I knew that when I saw it. It was a great movie too, and I mean, he, I think he's kind of. I think he's as out of Hollywood jail as somebody as somebody in his position can be because he's you know he did Hacksaw Ridge he had the villain role in one of the Expendables movies of course it was the shitty one um 
He was also, at one point, he was heavily considered to direct what turned into the Suicide Squad uh, before they gave it to Gunn. Um, so, I mean, not that I think anybody's going to be trumpeting the fact that they got him to do something. Uh, what, I think- what, okay, I got a weird hypothetical here. What do you think the chances are that he directs Mad Max after the old guy dies? Uh, well, I don't know about that, but they're doing Lethal Weapon 5, and he's apparently directing it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Richard Donner's wife came up to him and said that Richard Donner had asked that if he, well, told her that if he passes away before they're able to do uh, Lethal Weapon 5, that he wanted uh, Mel to direct it. Okay. And he agreed to do it, I guess. That's an interesting idea, though, him picking up Mad Max from George Miller. That would be... Well, like, just his hyper-violent fucking director style, like, it'd suit a Mad Max movie, you know what I mean? Like... Yep. (laughs) And that shows you, too, like, how much of a fan of this guy I was before all that, too. Like, I'm, as I've said on multiple podcasts by now, I'm, like, the most atheist guy you could probably find, and I went to The Passion of the Christ... Just because I, I wanted you were gonna to say I went to multiplicity. No, but no, I went to the patch for the crime <laughs> just because I wanted to see what he would do with that, and it disturbed the shit. Speaking of Passion of Christ, he's directing a sequel to that. John's over there, like, some reason. what woman wants is my fucking number five all time movie. <laughs> just because Mel Gibson was in it. I wouldn't go that far. I did <laughs> see <laughs> I did Would see it once, though. Yeah, what'd you say, Justin? I said, man, the way he puts the pantyhose on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, I mean, do we have any final thoughts on this that I, we didn't already get to anywhere? Uh, no. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's on Netflix. They edited it a little bit, but it's definitely still watchable. If you haven't seen Canada. it, go watch it. Did not the run in Europe. Time? Yeah, not like Canada. Not they, here, man. Did the runtime well, change any or anything? Or? You know. <laughs> hmm. So as far as the other things we have coming up, did we want to do the first Hobbit next week? Was that what we settled I'm, on for? I'm up for it whenever the schedule fucking checks out for everybody else. Just let me know. Okay, so I'll watch it this weekend. We'll figure it out. Some night to do it. Next what, week. what? What movie? The we're gonna Hobbit. we're gonna do the Lord of the, start the Lord of the Rings stuff with an unexpected journey. Ah, Hobbit. Okay, yeah. I'm game. Sarah suggested. Sarah suggested that we start with the Hobbit. <laughs> well, that's yeah. If we're gonna go through the fucking Jackson verse, you gotta start at the start. Yep, and I mean, I kind of agree with her too. Like, you don't want the because I think the Hobbit ones will not will can still be good, but I mean, I don't think we'll tend to look at them as positively. So, well, that's why? just it. You, you kind of get the bad ones out of the way. Yeah. I like I like, like Unexpected Journey, but yeah, it's from there yeah. on. Yeah, I was about to say Unexpected Journey is probably the best Hobbits. Yeah, the one that gets Bob really like watered down. Like second and third movie should have been one. Just yep. like. Well, that was the original plan before New Line stepped in and said, make a third one. We might as well just call it The Hobbit, Give Us Your Fucking Money Nerds. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, if you, if you look at the story, even adding in some of the un, like the unfinished tales and the Silmarillion like, side stories that they tied in, 
Like you could have trimmed a lot yep. of the fucking like just CGI stupid action fat out of those. Had it end uh, locked up by the elves in the second movie, right? Have yep. the first movie yeah. end there, and then do like the escape from there as the start of your second movie. Then you do all of Smog all there, right? Like it could have been done very easily, but then. Yeah, I guess the studios, there was four different studios that had money in on it, so they all wanted it as much fucking payout as they could get, and again, it went more corporate than the fucking, than it should have. Well, that was a case of, and we'll get into this more when we do the shows, but that was more of a case of, like, he was allowed to do Lord of the Rings in whatever way he wanted, because New Lion didn't think it was actually going to work, and they were content to just give him a shitload of money and say, go give us whatever. And then by the time the Hobbit one came around, there's way more corporate interest because now that's a well, now that's a money. So of course you're gonna do that. So our goal with that is um, our goal with that is to do one of those a month for a while, um, not try to do all of them in like six weeks. That's fucking crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd be down for Hobbit one. Yeah, you don't like most of them, do you? Um, well, I mean, you know, once again, you know, kind of whatever on them, on the original ones, mostly because I didn't really see them when they came out, and then I saw them later, and yeah. I was just always like, never really got the hype about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I went and saw the Hobbit ones in theaters or whatever. I actually liked the first one, and I would have liked the second and third one if they were more like one movie. Okay, I'm convinced at this point that Justin just hates anything other than the New England accent. <laughs> New Zealand, fuck you, you ain't New England. Hey, they don't, hey, they don't have a New England accent in Lethal Weapon. So you probably liked everything with Ben Affleck in it or and Matt Damon or... Oh, he, Marky Mark all the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, are Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home too. Are there Daddy's Home, Daddy's home too, another Mel Gibson film. Oh yeah, that's right. He plays one of the yeah. fathers. Yeah. Yep. I never watched the second one. I only watched second the second one. Second one's great. It's funny. I haven't watched either. Uh, great, great Christmas. Are there any mm-hmm. Milos, maybe you know, in your case, maybe limit this to like two or three things. I know how much you go to movies. Um, are there any theatrical releases any of you guys are planning on for the next couple of months? Because I'm probably out till the Batman. Uh, Sarah and I are going to Scream 5 tomorrow, and we will yep. have a podcast up tomorrow night. Cool. Oh, nice. I'll say that. So, I just, I just I'm pulling up my uh, theater schedule, so I'll check real quick, see what's I'm, on. I'm on the fence about Uncharted. Like, it looks kind of fun, but I don't know if it's worth... You know. I don't know when it's playing here. I plan on seeing so, nothing, but one thing I really hope happens in the next couple of fucking weeks is when Josh puts up that scream review, that same black guy that's screaming, scrab the stab the white bitches there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we're not going to that theater, and uh, oh. that theater is long gone, unfortunately. Well, that sucks. So I'm probably no, gonna we're go going to see like the my sister. That's one of the biggest shames about fucking Burt Ward's fucking backlog being fucking lost. Is yeah, that story is now gone. I know. I'll retell it tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I got Nightmare Alley coming out on the 27th. I know we were going to do that. Okay. Yeah. Let me know when you've seen that. We can. I saw that a couple months ago. We can do that. 
Yeah, so I saw there's that a, a movie that I only saw a trailer for that coming out in February. I don't know if anybody's interested in doing that one, but it's called Moonfall. Oh, the, yeah, I saw that. That looks cool. Yeah, I, I'll do that. Like, I'm definitely going to see that. Mm-hmm. What do you mind wants to go? Uh, I'm going to bother. Uncharted comes out. Dead on the Nell comes out as well. Yeah. Okay, so there is stuff. Um, That's yeah, a I, few. I, I probably won't be seeing anything until at least February, for obvious reasons, you guys. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I was planning on. I hadn't moved it again. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I think I think April Fool's Day is the perfect release date for that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, probably. The symbolism uh, is too effective. <laughs> There's another uh, Blacklight, uh, Liam Neeson movie. I'm, I have no idea what it's about. Oh, it's, Liam Neeson. it's like something it's where he's like former, former CIA hitman and tries to get <laughs> out. And, like, I was just going to say. I'm thing, gonna... uh, with Liam Neeson, I actually like the guy. And, uh, I, if, it's, uh, if it's James, I have, like, uh, basically every time his movie would drop out, uh, me and my dad would watch it. So Yeah. Oh, no, I don't his stuff too so. so it's like if he's if he has a movie out i'm probably gonna go watch it okay it's january it's so yeah like, still some stuff coming out yeah and one thing i just have this idea um i've been inspired to uh binge the sopranos uh just because i realized mm-hmm. shortly after and i might have talked about this a little bit when we did the many saints of garbage um that uh I never really like. I saw it on occasion. I was like, yeah, you did mention that at times where I was staying with my father because he had HBO, so I would see it on occasion. And we've had HBO Max for all this time, and I've always and uh, I think I'm finally going to start doing it in the next couple weeks. So maybe we will. And Josh, and I know you guys had expressed we'll do like. Season recap pods on that, um, or something like that. What? Forget about it. Oh, okay. You sounded like Yoda there for a second. We gotta get you some better phones, or not stick your blender, or whatever. Some better headphones for sure. Problem is that the the headphones that I usually use, ever since I got out of the hospital, I haven't been able to find them. So I have no uh, idea where they are. So those are the headphones. The really nah, because I didn't have them there. Yeah. So uh, I got to search yeah. and high and low for those. Because it's either these ones that make me sound underwater or the other ones I have, which uh, make me sound like Vader. Because the microphone is like right up against my face. Oh, okay. Oh, do the ones next time. I didn't hear those. No. Yeah. Switch uh, it up. Those with the oxygen tank, we could actually, yeah, that might work. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. in a couple of weeks, we'll have to do, uh, a couple weeks, we'll have to do Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to mention, like, Boba, like, today's episode was really good. Yep. I'll wear, I'll wear those, and I'll talk about how much and, I And uh, Peacemaker comes on uh, Thursday. Oh, yeah, who was actually interested in that beyond me? Me? The shot. Like, uh, that was yeah. one of my, and I'm, I'm guessing with all the Suicide Squad fans, among us, I'm pretty sure we can rope in somebody else. Yeah, and I yeah, know I'm, the. I'm, I'm done. I'm, okay. I'm I know the that. three episodes drop on Mac. So. Yes. Um, oh, come on. Yep. So I'll get to that at some point. 
Yeah. And ends at some point in February. Yeah, I don't know how many they're doing. Um, so we'll see when it actually I don't know. Ends. Anywhere, I think, 8 to 10. I'm not really sure. Okay. And we have more than 10. And I'm pretty sure we can tease... I'm pretty sure we can tease a boys season three uh, review yeah, at some point. For June. Yeah, that comes out June third. So okay. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so, that show yeah. is the bombs. We wrap up for that, right? I know we do. You know, Milos and I do episode reviews for certain things, but we don't want to get into the habit of that, right? Well, we, yeah. we no, just do wrap up. Yeah, season wrap up. Yeah, so far that's what we've been doing with the boys is the fucking end of the season. Yep. So, right. Yeah, All right. You guys are good. You guys are good with the truck shows and and doing uh, episode by episode one. Maybe when Lower Decks uh, season three comes on, I'll jump on those. Uh, Excellent. And... We would love to have you for that. Or um, maybe even when Prodigy comes back, because I actually really like Prodigy. Prodigy did come back. We Prodigy did come back. Come back. Oh, it did. Yeah. Yeah. On Thursday. Oh, <laughs> the next one's next one's tomorrow. If you want to join us. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, I mean, we might not do it till Saturday or Sunday, but I mean, I have no, I I have to work uh, Saturday, both Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. I have to work afternoon, so I'm not sure we'll be able to get Monday. Maybe. Uh, still don't have my schedule, but yeah, okay. we'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't know what my schedule is like next week yet. So. Yeah, we'll figure that out next day or two. Yeah. I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow, but... Um, oh, yeah, so I'll watch it tomorrow. Drops on Thursday in this country, so... All right, so that's what we have planned for the next couple weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll do this in another year for 400. Um, well, I still say uh, 300 should be uh, 300. We should do three for three hundred. Yeah, we should do that. That works. Point, yeah. If we do a month's worth of uh, movies again, and you guys with all the truck pods, I'm sure we'll be up to five hundred by this time next year. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I went back and looked at the early stuff and like what the time frames were, and it, uh, you know. It amazes me that we've we've st- there's stuff we've stopped doing, but we're still putting out stuff to that rate. I mean, you know, because I stopped doing well, the kind comic. of yeah, we well, kind of replaced the comic ones with the truck ones. So. Yep, and we stopped doing the CW stuff. CW, I, mean, I was gonna say yeah, yeah. Well, it just we just hated everything, so it wasn't any fun. Yeah. That's why. I was but the, the more you. The less you do with the CW stuff, the more we're filling in with the Disney Plus shows and the fucking Amazon shows and the Netflix shows and the yeah. Yep, that's so, yeah, but they're putting out better quality material than CW. Well, that's yeah. not not a very high bar. I mean, we can still do the uh, the season recap for the CW shit for Flash Maybe, Legends. Uh, yeah, that means I actually have to watch it though. Yes, you do. <laughs> I gave up on Flash. I still have Legends that I. Kinda, I got to catch up on last season, season of Legends. That's the it show that I'm still terrible. interested in. But Flash, I give up on. Batwoman, I give up on. So, well, is she any good now? Which one? Stargirl. Oh. Uh, yeah, Stargirl was good. I, don't I think watched season one, but I didn't watch anything of season two. I don't two. think I passed like, the first two or three episodes of season one, just not having enough time to do the rest of it. 
Yeah. Yeah, and Superman Lewis is the one I actually do want to watch. So. Yeah, that's the one I'm still interested in. I I have the the because it premiered again last night, and I have yeah. that here still. Is, uh, is that still on CW? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, how many se- How many seasons into that before we get Superman raped in prison? <laughs> on that <laughs> note, <CW. laughs> next one. All right, and boys. This uh, Naomi crap. What about? It's also well, CW I, thing, right? Yeah, I, I DVR the pilot of that. I was gonna take a look at that at least. Um, so. I forced myself. I saw CW, and I was like. God dang, I don't want to watch this thing. So I watched the trailer and I, I have no idea what's happening there or what is going on. I'm like, it's nah, a Bendis original it. and it's terrible. Hey, maybe yeah, the quality will go up when uh, the channel is sold. Somebody. Yeah, I'm wondering what they'll do with all those things if, if that channel is actually sold. Yeah, reboot it. Yeah, well, I'm sure something decent out of it. HBO Max, maybe? I don't know. Well, well I mean, they'll probably put it on TNT for a while because that's, I think that's, what the hell show is on TNT? Uh, they were showing watered down versions of Titans, I think. Yes, Titans. Well, see, what, what, what yeah, they'll end up doing is they'll, they'll partner, CW will drop out, drop the funding on it, and someone like Netflix or Amazon or like you said, HBO Max maybe, like someone will be well, like, yeah, we'll throw like at the bare minimum in to make another season, and yeah, they might well, be able the to well, the problem right now is that Viacom and half own CW. Everybody else. Yeah, And so um, that's probably the that one right now. I'm probably going to be like, oh, yeah, we want, you know, whatever, a million dollars to show it. Uh, I don't think so. And then go and find other shows to license. Yeah. Who knows? Weird network TV shit. Who knows? All right. So it's been a fun 200, boys. So, uh, yeah. Here's to another 200. At least. Yeah. So, all right, boys. Night. Night, guys. Later. All right.